0: Today's episode of The Film Stage Show is brought to you by MUBI, a curated streaming service showcasing exceptional films from around the globe. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast from filmstage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian J. and With me today, we have Robin Barr. Ahoy! Ahoy! We also have Bill Graham. Arr! <laughs> what is what the nautical theme today? Anyway. I don't know. she started it. Uh, yeah, again, you beautifully kept it going uh we are here today uh of course you hear the Beyonce song countdown you know what's happening it is in fact our top 10 of the year episode so everyone get excited get happy get loud it's finally happening uh we do this uh three months after everyone else has already done it because we are obstinate about being different from everyone else and because we want to give ourselves time to see the stuff that actually doesn't get released until the middle of the middle of January, yeah, um, we're just blebs, yeah. Like, we don't well, get speak to, for
1: yourself,
0: <laughs> we're not these big city folk, you know. We only live in Dallas, Boston, and Washington, DC, <laughs> but that's not LA and New York, so uh, yeah, yeah. so here we are. Uh, we're going to be doing our top tens of the year. We have no guest, it is just us, the core trio, the great triumvirate, and um, we're here today to do that. Uh, before we do. However, let's just remind everyone that we can be found on Twitter at Film Stage Show, Facebook, The Film Stage Show. You can email us, podcastfilmstage.com. You can give us a comment rating on iTunes, and you go to patreon.com slash Show to give us your money for as little as $1 an episode. You get access to our super cool Slack channel, where uh, you can mix it up with all of our various other patrons. (laughs) And um, they uh, actually did their own top 10 of the year list, and you'll be able to find that on the Film Stage website where we post this episode. So go look for that. See how we lined up with them. Um, it's always interesting. It's interesting because, you know, I talk to these people like all year and hear them screaming about movies. And then to see the list they create, oftentimes I go, wow, I would not have predicted some of the choices here. So, yeah, do check that out. And if you like the list and you want to become part of the community, go to patreon.com slash the film show to give us your money. And, of course, we are brought to you by Mubi. The online streaming cinema that curates exceptional films from around the globe. Every day, Movie premieres a brand new film, whether it's timeless Classic, a cult favorite, or an acclaimed masterpiece. It's guaranteed to be a movie you've been dying to see or one you've never heard of before, and there will always be something new to discover with Movie! Each and every film is hand selected, so you'll never spend more time looking for something great to watch. Instead, you'll actually be watching something great. Uh, so, one of the new things that's on Movie actually is related to a movie that we talked about this past year. And that is Lemon, the 2017 film. Three years before she adapted a Twitter thread into an electrifying strippers-at-war tale, Zola. Uh, Janixa Bravo made her feature debut with this bracingly funny comedy of embarrassment. With its diverse cast, and exacting eye for timing and composition, Lemon has directorial rigor and style to burn. So, uh, uncertain if Zola will show up on any of her top ten lists. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I was about to say, alright, good. Good on you all for keeping your poker face. But if you saw Zola and liked it and would like to check out Lemon, you can do so by going to MUBI.com slash filmstage and getting a free 30-day subscription to movie. So again, that is mubi.com slash filmstage. And uh yeah, that is that. Um for those of you who've never listened before, our top ten episode uh proceeds thusly. It's around Robin hey what'd you call me <laughs> is that something that you've like said constantly throughout your entire life like is My that just a joke you life. have in the hopper okay
1: yeah it's like in the script
0: just <laughs> got that bullet fucking in the clip ready to fly um so yeah we will go one at a time giving our uh, bill i remember you asked this last year we start at 10 <laughs> and then we progress to one <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs>
0: So One of these years, I am looking forward to being like, let's mix it up. Let's just say what the top was and then steadily get worse and less enthusiastic. (laughs) So, yes, we will begin with 10. We will progress to one. Everyone will do their 10s, their 8s, their their 10s, their 9s, their 8s, and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, we will get out of here. So hopefully you all enjoy this. This is constantly one of our most listened to episodes. So clearly this is something that people find value in. And we are very glad that we are finally able to talk about it and bring it to you. So, uh Robin Bill, do we have anything to say before we get into our, our top 10s?
1: One thing I'm curious about is, do we talk about the things that don't end up in our top 10s?
0: So at the end, we will go through our honorable mentions, which are usually like our 11 through 15. And then, uh, yeah, you know, if we have time afterwards, we can definitely talk about more stuff if we feel like still yammering on.
3: Hmm.
1: Roger that. Is, is,
0: is there like one that particularly sucks that you're like, man, I hope I get a chance to talk about number 72?
1: No, but it's just funny how we end up, all critics end up ordering things and how easily, you know, number 11 could have been number 10, but something about number 10 just really drew you in.
0: Yeah, I am. Um, it was weird for me this year because I feel like my top 10 shook out pretty easily because they were the like nine films that i liked this year uh plus one that i just uh you know found to be so charming that i decided it got to be number 10 it was it was everything else where i was like oof Candyman or annette like which would i Yikes, rather dude. watch again Ouch. if i had to watch one of those and then just like skimming through like being like yeah yeah many saints of newark was a mess but was it more or less of a mess than the little things? You know, like where do we go? What do we do? Wow. How do we don't make, make me cry? Decision? So, uh, yeah, my, my bottom, I don't know. 30 was a lot more interesting for me to put together than my top 10.
3: Oh,
1: I, Just, this is going to be fun. Cause I have no clue what is going to be in your top 10. You hated so many things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be fucking awesome. Um, All right, and I will remind people at home, because you might hear it before we get a chance to discuss it. In the event that one of the people on here goes overboard talking about a film, uh, this is usually something that was mainly uh, a problem that Michael Snydell had. Shout out. (laughs) Gone but not forgotten. Um, But in order to keep him from talking for seven minutes... About a random Polish documentary that no one else on earth was able to see that was seven hours long and followed a single janitor in real time on his commute. Um, If he exceeded two minutes, I would let rip with the air horn. And I will do that to both of you should you do that. So I will be timing everyone, including myself, and I will uh, make sure that we stay on topic and hopefully get out of here less than three hours from now so is everybody ready to rock and roll jesus christ three hours ready to rock. i don't know bill this always ends up being really long like am i the only one yeah. who remembers that ah uh, fuck okay All right. so you if you when i say your name you get two minutes of uninterrupted time well that's not true yeah, i'll probably interrupt yeah. a little bit but you yeah. know I'll yeah, i'll make happen. sure to offset that to talk about your movie so mm-hmm. if we are ready Let's get this fucking rolling. Yes, to kick us off with the number 10 film of the year, uh, just as far as he is concerned, it is Bill Graham. All right. Uh, This is going to be Spider-Man No Way Home.
2: Uh, I fucking love the Marvel movies. I love all of this stupid shit. Comic book movies. (laughs) Give me, give me, give me more. Um, But I will say that... I came into this with very low expectations because I just thought there's no fucking way they, they can pull this off. And uh, it was fucking delightful. The reason it's number 10 is because it's got a lot of weird things in it and a lot of things that I don't think work particularly well. But holy shit. Um, you know, look, w- 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 I'm going to spoil it. Seeing all three Spider-Man on the screen at the same time fucking swinging around. Oh, God, like that, <laughs> just, there's nothing better to me, uh, than than that. So you know, it, it gave me joys the highest of highs in so many ways. And, uh, yeah, they, they, I I really feel like they fucking nailed what they needed to out of this film. So, uh, bravo to them. Uh, it fucking made all the money in the world. So, uh, and and didn't star Christopher Plumman. Uh, Plummer. (laughs) Plummer. Plummer. Christopher Uh, Plummer. So, yeah, (laughs) Plumman. Uh, so, you know, uh, it, it is what it is, but man, uh, what a fucking rush. So what you're saying is i should see this movie uh, i enjoyed it but uh if you haven't seen the other spideys uh, you know
0: yeah,
2: maybe <laughs> yeah
0: i didn't i didn't see this movie i have no interest in seeing this movie i i um yep. after endgame i wrote off uh, the marvel films and said that we would never talk about them on this mm-hmm. podcast and unlike the matrix resurrections i was able to keep that promise and if you elect me as senator, I will make sure that we continue <laughs> to not talk about MCU films on this podcast anymore. All right. Okay. Well, excellent work, Bill. Uh, you only spoke for a minute and a half. That's the way to goddamn do it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, Robin Barr, what about your No yourself? pressure. <laughs> What's your number 10 film?
1: My number 10 was Barb and Star, Go to Vista Del Mar. Hmm. Um, this is a movie that came out probably during the... Maybe like more depressing times of the pandemic. This was like I don't know, January, February of last year. Um, not no new new releases. The Oscars hadn't even happened yet. The nominations hadn't even happened yet. So it was a dark time for film. And my husband and I ended up sort of putting it on because we needed something dumb and stupid, you know, take our troubles away. And I watched it and I thought, okay, that was, you know, dumb and stupid and and but fun. I think I Thought it was you know solid but not quite there, but then about two weeks later, uh, went to visit a friend and I was like, "This guy's gonna love Barb and Star." So we rewatched it, and I have to say, that was very unusual for me. I almost, I very very rarely rewatch a film, even within five years of seeing it the first time. So th- for me to want to watch something, barely two weeks later, really says a lot about the movie. There's just something. Um, really tangible about the joke telling that it it just sudden it felt like a um what's the word like a modern classic you know in the way that hmm. say the austin powers movies like you watch them and you watch them <laughs> and you watch them and it's just like comforting and that's how i felt about this movie so you know it's stars um um annie mamolo and uh oh my god what's her name uh kristen kristen wigg and they're just at their goofiest, uh, playing these two Nebraskan, you know, singletons going on a vacation, and it, it just goes in places that you wouldn't expect, even for a, a retro like '90s style vacation comedy. Um, it's it's more subversive than you would ever expect, and it just really works. You know, a lot of good musical sequences, it's funny. It's it just stuck with me um, in a way that not a lot of other movies have. So it it grows on you.
0: Wow were you looking at a clock
1: no <laughs> wow
0: because you hit two minutes on the or oh yeah two minutes on the button, on the was button. Man, I was about to i i was i was literally i had my finger poised and then you stopped talking i was like oh well can't do it now so that's impressive <laughs> thwarted <laughs> yes i was indeed thwarted um i'm very sad um so yeah uh, it's my turn my number 10 of the year um This was an interesting slot to fill because I feel like this was always going to be a movie with qualifications. Um, it was almost Benedetta until earlier (laughs) today. I remembered a different film that I saw this year that we didn't talk about on this podcast because that was kind of how I went through the movies that I knew I had seen this year. Uh, because honestly, (laughs) if I didn't see it for the podcast, odds were I didn't see it at all. Um, but then I was like, oh, shit. So that movie became one of my earlier ones, and that pushed what had been uh, a number nine to number 10, and now number 10 is a little more on the bubble. But anyway, that's a long way of saying my number 10 is Come On, Come On. <clears throat> it is it wow. is a a perfectly swell movie <laughs> about a perfectly swell relationship. It's, it's beautifully shot. It's well acted. It led to one of our, our best podcasts of – not the last year, but of movies that were technically released in the last year. (laughs) Um, and it, it made it just a through dint of its inevitable charm. It's it's really great. We had a whole episode about it. I definitely don't have to talk about it that long because we uh, talked about it for like two hours. Well, we talked about parenting for two hours. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this was, I'll just say, it was a bleak year for me. I literally, I watched Wolfwalkers with my daughter last night and I was like, oh shit, please tell me that came out in 2001. And it, uh, it did not. Mm-mm. It came out in like November of 2020. And I was like, well, fuck, now I wish I'd seen it because it definitely would have been on my top 10. So anyway, Wolf Walkers, check it out. It's really great. Great movie. <laughs> Loved it. Yep. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> so yes, my number 10, Come On, Come On by Mike Mills. Um, so that's awesome. Super glad that we have uh, Broken the Seal. We are in it now. And so Bill Graham, what is your ninth favorite film of the year?
1: Wait, I have a question. Oh. Does this mean that Benedetta... Is not in your top 10?
0: That is correct.
1: <laughs> so that could have been your 11. That's your 11.
0: But- Benedetta is, in fact, my number 11, yes.
1: Okay, thank you. Sorry, ben- Bill. Go ahead.
0: Benedetta ah. was, like, so right there. Sneaky. And even up until a couple hours ago, I was like, maybe Benedetta should be in front of Come On, Come On. Maybe it should. Mm. But then I, I you, know, you know, Robin, you and I basically, I think I was being colored by the fact that you and I had a really great conversation about it.
3: <laughs>
0: and, like, <Yeah. laughs> there was a point where I was like, am I just going on what i feel like i had the most fun talking about instead of the most fun watching and so then i i I did what i always do when i have to set these lists is i imagine a very congenial man with a gun (laughs) standing in front of me saying which of these two movies will you watch and then i was like okay yeah if he said benedett and come on come on i definitely choose come on come on understood and that's literally how i make my entire list outside of maybe one and two it comes down to what is that very kind man who probably looks and sounds like lance reddick <laughs> <It's> <laughs> i don't
1: know who that is
0: he's the he's he's did you ever see the wire
1: mm, first two seasons
0: okay yeah he's, you saw john red or john wick right no Oh wow! All right. Um, anyway, in the wire, he's <laughs> he's the guy who's in charge of the team.
1: Which team? Wow. Okay, the, the, I'll, the I'll wire go team, later. the team that sets the wire. <laughs> you recognize recognize? I didn't his care face. for that show. You recognize? Oh his face. boy!
0: Well. Yeah. You ever see Fringe?
1: <laughs> no.
0: All right. Oh, uh, Robin Robin what are we Robin Bar is gonna doing? look up who Lance Reddick is, <laughs> while Excellent. Bill Graham says what his number ten of the year. Where, where, no tangents get unlimited time. It's it's only when we're on topic that I set the timer. Gotcha. All
2: right, Bill
0: Graham, number nine. Okay, uh,
2: so this is Sarah. No, um, I uh, this was a late breaking one. This one I watched literally yesterday, um, and honestly, I was gonna watch it a little bit sooner and probably ca- catch some other films that I probably should have seen for this podcast, but. Uh, my mom gave me the screener uh, uh, case back, but it was empty. It did not have the DVD in it. So
0: so you're saying your mom stole Cyrano. Uh,
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, no, she kept Cyrano from me and uh, threw off my whole weekend. So, uh, yeah but i will say i really enjoyed this um i am not a big joe Wright head i i like his movies but i don't i haven't loved them and uh, i mean i think part of it is also because i haven't read any of the novels that like some of his stuff are, are based off of so you know i don't have a deep connection to them to begin with um but i have enjoyed his films quite a bit um and this one there is a song towards the end um in the middle of like a war sequence that is just it just knocked my socks off and like i was just crying throughout like the Mm. two and a half three minutes that it it runs um i really enjoyed this uh look i'm i'm a peter dinklage head because of Thrones, like he's just he's so fun and this film is charming it's sweet it's fun it's it's heartfelt uh i really enjoyed it and um,
1: Haley bennett is freaking awesome in this movie and i wish so, some of more, the
2: like some of the music like straight up like just it, it's like oh is this like an adele like you know b-side it's just like mm-hmm. holy shit
0: like some of this stuff is great so yeah, yeah.
1: totally agreed um,
0: Haley Bennett. I guess I've seen her in the Magnificent Seven.
1: Yeah, she's really good in this movie. Just like um, this role can be a little bit wan and she brings a lot of like life to it.
0: She is the partner of Joe Wright. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. According to to Wikipedia, I guess. Or Instagram. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what uh, Google is telling me that. Mm. Also, I will say that the top people asked suggestion on Google is, is Haley Bennett related to Jennifer Lawrence? (laughs) I guess because they are, you know, wide-faced blonde women of a similar build.
1: They have certain eyes that look similar. Yeah. Certain eyes. I don't know.
2: Yeah, they're they're eye set for sure. Yeah, wow. There's a a photo on her Wikipedia page. Her second photo straight up looks like it could be Jennifer Lawrence. So
0: So according to GraziaDaily.co.uk, Celebrity News Haley Bennett... (laughs) Ow. Haley, is Haley related to Jennifer Lawrence? No, the two just look very, very similar. Haley has taken the comparisons in good humor, describing them as, quote, hilarious, end quote, in an interview with GQ. (laughs) And there is a picture of them together, and I literally cannot tell which is which. Holy fuck. Oh, she's going to be in a Borderlands movie. No, is she the uh, the
2: siren? I guess so, based on the fucking video games. I did not know this was coming, but yeah, it's directed by happened. Eli Roth and it's in post production. Fuck. So, okay. Yeah, so it's like it's done. <laughs>
0: I'm kind of thrilled that they got Eli Roth for that. Holy fuck, Kate Blanchett is in this. Oh, what the she's fuck gotta is it has got to be going? like the weird vision that you have that tells you where the vault yeah. is.
2: Uh, she's Lilith. Yeah. Oh, Kevin yeah. So Hart, she is the Jack siren. Black, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. This is a fucking big what is happening. Holy shit! Gina Gershon.
0: When is, is this, this being released? Uh. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. It's now my most anticipated movie of <laughs> the rest of my life until I see it.
2: It wrapped on June twenty second, twenty twenty one. So. So it's it could be
0: out this it's year. It's got to be coming. Maybe. Yeah, it's got to be coming. Wow. <laughs> That's nuts. All right, well, look forward <laughs> to our review this. of that. That's going to be fucking wild. Yeah. Anyway, okay. so that was uh, Cyrano. I have not seen this movie. I fe- You know, if I weren't so fucking depressed, I probably would have seen it already. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I
1: mean, yeah.
0: It's one of those things where I'm like, I love Joe Wright. I love all the actors in this. I should check this out. I, you know, I'm a fan of all of his adaptations. Like, they're so... Well, I haven't seen The Girl in the Window or whatever the fuck, but uh, you know Anna Karenina is like one of my favorite movies of this or any yeah. decade, and uh, I love Hannah, and I liked Atonement was really good, you know.
1: I love Atonement, yeah.
0: So like I, uh, I feel like people are going to get on me for not talking about Pride and Prejudice, but anyway, so I look forward to seeing that. I definitely should have seen it, but you know life life gets in the way. That's what they said in Watch it this part, weekend. Eight. Maybe will. Yeah, it will. And then we can just re-record. It's not the episode. worst thing
1: to watch with Cora. Like, I don't think there's anything really outrageous. No,
0: about No, it. no. I, f- I feel like it would be fine. I will say that, uh, you know, Cora was like almost uh, Wolfwalkers was almost too intense for her. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it reminds me of why I sometimes like to see a movie before I see it with her, because usually I like to True. be able to say like, like, you know, she's like, oh my god, are they gonna be okay? And I'll be like, well, watch, like, just see and like find out. But I know that they're gonna be fine. But I'm watching Wolfwalkers, and she's like, is they gonna be okay? I was like, oh. <laughs> i feel like this movie could go dark i don't know yeah anyway that's another plug for wolf walkers um <laughs> 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 all right robin bar number nine house of gucci oh, oh shit
2: <laughs> oh, what are shit. you a stupid old?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's see silencio bruno
2: <laughs> um number
1: one, Lady Gaga totally fucking balls to the wall. She's radiant. She's gorgeous. She's funny. Her accent is literally insane. I had a I had the best time watching this movie. Kind of feel the same way about Jared Leto. He's basically playing Mario Mario. Uh, and that's fine by me. it's it's funny. It's stupid. It's endless. There's like a hilarious sex scene. But not in an ironic way. Like, I'm not enjoying it because it's dumb. I'm enjoying it because, like, I missed movies that could be big and brash and fun. And that was what was sorely lacking in 2020. And guess what? This movie also has fashion. It's got makeup. It's got Selma Hayek. Like, I don't know. There's a lot going on. (laughs) It's fun. I stand by this 100% without a lick of irony. House of Gucci.
0: all right right. awesome that's no that's that's a way that's a reason to like it maybe it'll come up later on who knows hey yeah that i wasn't tipping my hand it's definitely not on my top 10 (laughs) (laughs) is my number 11 so uh for me it is 20 just after fast nine wow out just before undine undina (laughs) undina (laughs) all right let's go as for me first of all bill remember there are no limits on tangents anyway for me hamilton my number nine (laughs) is the card counter it's it's the oscar isaac first of all robin i heard the shade and i don't (laughs) appreciate it and you're wrong um This is the Oscar Isaac-led, Paul Schrader-written-directed, and uh, Abu uh, Ghraib-adjacent drama thriller that I was waiting for, I guess. I don't know. Um, In a year following many years where we've had to grapple with some of the uh, more unseemly aspects of our shared national history, it was very interesting to me to see uh, one of those things that you feel like is too recent to be turned into a plot point in a movie turned into a plot point in a movie. And I think that Schrader is just the kind of madman to do it. And he had just the committed cast necessary to make it interesting. And uh, again, this is one where I thought, does that just lead to a really good podcast episode? Once again, Lance Reddick stood in front of me with a gun. And indeed, I would rather watch this over Come On, Come On. And also, I just found myself thinking about this movie a lot. And um, even just the aesthetic choices made in the Abu Ghraib prison. And uh, the way that it ends. The kind of, the great, bloody... pyrrhic victory is that how you pronounce that yeah i think so okay um of of all paul schrader films and uh so yeah the card counter is my number nine film of the past year and i will brook no quarrel robin Mm. (laughs) Mm. i was
1: gonna quarrel i was just gonna say you really must be depressed
0: yeah yeah uh yeah yeah my soul's been tore up um so let's uh let's talk about number eight The grade Eight. Let's uh, see what we thought. Bill Graham, what was your eighth favorite film of the past year?
2: So this was Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy, which I feel like we had a really in-depth and interesting conversation. Um, Unfortunately, I don't think either of y'all liked the movie very much, but uh, me and Jordan had a hell of a time watching it. Um, (laughs) And uh, I think it's... might be his still number one i don't know i haven't checked his rankings lately uh but yeah i really love this um it is four or three parts of 40-ish minute sections um and they don't really tie into each other uh they have very different settings um but I enjoyed everything about this um I will be very upfront um, I think it says so many interesting things uh, about relationships about uh, what it means to be intimate with someone um, and so many other things uh, there is a jaw-dropping sequence in the middle of uh, I believe it is the first one uh, where a character goes do you love her and and the character reacts no, and then the other character goes to them, why are you chasing her? And it was just like, oh shit. Okay.
0: All right, top ten. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, awesome. All right. Also, Bill, I want to
1: clarify too
0: dead on the spot. The, okay.
1: yes, I didn't love this movie, <laughs> but the more I think about it, the more soft I feel. So I want to just like you know like you for my feel my reputation.
0: gently towards the movie like you don't Yeah, I
1: feel more gently towards the movie especially okay. because the third sequence I don't know just like hit me uh oh, later really? on. Oh, really? The third one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the third one, which I know is not the most popular one. Yeah. Yeah, no. yeah,
0: I um I can't remember what any of the sequences were. Um one was the third in a one car one is where right? she forgets
2: Yes, and the one was like, one the weird, like the weird, like
0: there's no technology anymore. Yes, that's the third one, and the other and one there. The second a
2: one is what? The second one is the professor.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a, yeah that's a fun I feel one. like just remembering those has made me like the film less. Um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> not one of my
1: faves, but like I definitely have shifted my tone a little bit.
0: Okay, All right. Okay, all right. Well, Robin Barr, uh, if that's not one of your faves, let's find out what one of your faves is. What's your number eight most appreciated film of the year?
1: Okay, so this one is not a film that uh, a lot of people have seen. It came out in festivals last year, but actually was released in February. But because its technical release date is 2021, I will count it. And that film is um, Polystyrene, I Am a Cliché. It's a documentary about... um, the x-ray you re- specs
0: really are taking the michaels Dell spot aren't you
3: <laughs>
1: yes i am no <laughs> one's seen
0: this it. it's a festival blah blah no blah.
3: but i want people it's to see it
1: this is why people should see it polystyrene right. i am a cliche it's about the front uh the front of oh my god the front band leader what's the word the lead singer <laughs> of this uh, punk band from the from the 1970s called x-ray specs uh and it's about this woman, um, her name was Polly Styrene. That's not her real name, but that was her stage name. And what it w- meant to be a, a biracial woman growing up in post-war UK. It's about the birth of punk. It's about mental illness. It's about being who you are in a time when, you know, women weren't supposed to dress a certain way or talk a certain way or, you know, basically be the lead singers of punk bands. And the framing device is that it's actually from the perspective of her daughter. Um, Her daughter is narrating the film, is um, kind of sculpting it uh, to tell the story of her mother. And because I grew up with a mother with mental illness, it really just hit me differently than maybe some other documentaries there was that emotional connection so i highly recommend it if you're a fan of punkumentaries or rock documentaries or whatever um it's just excuse me i believe the the term is
0: rockumentary
1: i heard it as soon as i said it um but but i love punkumentaries in general i just watched um the the uh, decline in of western civilization films and i think that this movie has such an emotional and Uh, just like kind of a beautiful perspective because it's like a love song or a love poem from a daughter to her mother who is very complicated.
0: Wow. I gave you some extra time because we did talk over you in case anyone at home is trying to keep me honest. But yeah, so that was, I'm sorry, that was polystyrene colon.
1: I am a cliche.
0: I am a cliche. Excellent. And where can people see that?
1: Good question. I think it actually just came out in theaters. Um, okay. I can look it up. Cool. I'm not 100% sure now.
0: All right. Well, I have a uh, a very successful, widely seen movie that people can find without me having to tell them where to find it. Uh, my number eight film of the year was M. Night Shyamalan's Old. Oh, nice.
2: Yeah, yeah. this will be on my other. Uh,
0: uh, what? Honorable. <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah, your honorable mentions. I was like, do you have different top tens? (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, Old, we had a whole episode about it. So once again, I don't feel like I have to talk too much about why I think this is a fantastic film. Uh, If you were listening to this episode, I do assume that you've done the homework. You know, if you haven't done the reading, why are you here? Um, Old is a great film. I very much enjoyed it. I very much enjoyed talking about it. And um, I think that this is one of those movies that uh, proves why we were all right to take a risk on M. Night Shyamalan coming back and proves yeah. why he uh, he operates really great at this level of unease and uncertainty. And I even, I even like the quote-unquote twists at the end of this movie. I think they're fun and pulpy and just right. And I think that the acting is uniformly great. I still think about... His his pendulum-like use of the camera. Every once in a while I think about the way that he shot the scene of them playing freeze tag on the beach. I think about mm-hmm. the, the tick-tock of the, the camera as they walk into the water and then back out again. It's, uh, it's really quite marvelous. Uh, really quite a marvelous film. And uh, I hope that uh, everyone was able to see it. And if you didn't, this is me telling you that you ought to. So yeah, my number eight film of the year is Old by M. Night Shyamalan. I don't know why you said it like that. Old. 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 Oh, so old. <laughs> I'm saying it like I will say things when I am an old man. I will attempt <laughs> to speak as though I you were. You
1: are an old man.
0: Some manner of crone. I don't know. Oh, boy. I want to well,
1: update everyone and say that you can find polystyrene, I am a cliche, via Utopia, and you can rent or buy it on many major VOD platforms, including uh, YouTube, Voodoo. Redbox, spectrum apple tv etc so it's out there
0: fantabulous what is utopia
1: uh some distributor
0: <laughs> okay all right i thought it was like another one of those like library streaming services
1: unclear based on the website
0: like canopy <laughs>
1: all they right did, um shiva baby so they're legit mm. all right get er, out of
0: here are they are they really though okay are they all right let's talk about our number seven films of the year our seventh most favoritist film of the year bill graham kick us off what's your number seven
2: uh that would be come on come on yay this is our first double up (laughs) excellent um so this yes we had a whole podcast on it um I really enjoyed the conversation we had. Um I feel like this is my briefest of brief glimpses into what it might feel like if I had someone's kid for a couple of weeks uh unfortunately because uh, that's not the way it should have gone but you know that's that's the way it did. Um but yeah, I really enjoyed this film. I thought it was it was pretty credible in the things that it talks about not necessarily that it is a credible source about what it's like to raise a kid because this kid was a very specific and b it's not going to be something universally relatable right um but for the most part i thought there was a lot of truth and honesty in this and it was short uh it i think it's my only black and white movie on here uh yeah um so you know there's that as well um yeah i really enjoyed this i don't want to bemoan it too much because we did a whole fucking podcast and not that long ago on it. <laughs> yeah. so
0: yeah all right so come on come on again that is a double up from us so super exciting i was actually going to say at the end of the round eight oh we haven't had any doubles yet but here we are come on come on we are Yeah. All right. Robin Barr, what's your seven most favorite film of the year?
1: The Lost Daughter, uh, a film that we will hopefully be talking about in a couple of weeks, certainly on our on our list. Um, Lost Daughter is uh, based on a novel by Elena Ferrante, who's famous for her um, for My Brilliant Friend and that that book series Um, and maggie gyllenhaal actually adapted this um she's widely expected to be nominated for the oscar tomorrow for best adapted screenplay that's happening tomorrow tomorrow morning damn it's it's a very quiet film i think for many it's a very disturbing film It, it it's about a woman who travels uh on vacation and encounters a family and some really strange things happen but it's all very much like a psychological drama and you're, you're following this woman and it's very mysterious. And, and it's, and the film is really about motherhood um, and what it means to be a bad mother versus a good mother and what children can do to you. So in, in many ways it's like an earth of the film, come on, come on, um, or maybe come on, come on from a woman's perspective. I don't know. Uh, but not as warm and fluffy as that movie. This movie is very much about how children can drain the life out of you um just really really moving but without being cloying in any way so i highly recommend it it's mysterious it's disturbing it's feminine um it's just great movie starring olivia coleman by the way
0: oh who was uh, a big feature i think on our last year's list when we talked about uh the father
1: yeah, I love her. She's also widely expected to get an uh, Oscar nomination tomorrow for Best Actress. And this film's on Netflix, so it's easy to see.
0: Yay. And yes, we probably will be talking about that. Can't say that I'm super excited about it, but I am looking forward I to it. I can imagine why. <laughs> it's, just, like, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, it's about how hard it is to be a parent. And I'm like, I mean, like, yeah, I guess, like, you know, some people choose to be vegan. Like, I'm not going to understand how everyone feels, but like... I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're like looking at your kid being like, you've ruined my life, then you're probably fucking sucked to begin with. And now you just have a scapegoat. But I'm looking forward to ah. seeing that movie because I've heard a lot of interesting things about it. And uh, as a fan of Maggie Gyllenhaal as an actress, I'm looking forward to seeing what she does as a director.
1: Yeah, she's great. I also highly recommend The Deuce because she produced that and directed many episodes.
0: That was uh the, the David Simon one, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. The guy who did The Wire, which you were not into. Mm
1: hmm. I like the Deuce a lot better than The Wire.
0: Interesting. I feel, why did I, I started watching that and I remember enjoying it and then I like never kept going. Well, now's your chance. Maybe that, I was about to say, maybe like after I get off here, if I can't sleep, I'll go and I'll get on HBO Max and I will check out the Deuce.
1: <laughs> a nice comfort watch about the birth of the sex industry in the 1970s New York.
0: I mean, you know, why not? I'm currently just re-streaming the entirety of New Girl again, so I I should cut cut that. that is desperate. It's not desperate. (laughs) That's a fucking great... Oh, you know what, Robin? We're not getting into this. My number seven film of the year. This is the only... I think... I'm almost positive. Yeah, this has got to be. This is the only film that I did not watch for this podcast, so this is going to be one where I do have to talk a little bit about it, Um, and this movie is called Happily. Is anyone oh. aware of the movie Happily?
2: No. no I've even fucking heard of this.
0: Yeah. So I don't even remember why I started following this guy on Twitter, uh, but his name is uh, Ben David Grabinski. And he, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, he, he released this movie that has, uh, Car- I don't know how to say his name, Carrie Bechet.
3: Mm-hmm. I
0: B-I-S-H-E sure. with an accent over it. Um, yeah. And it's also got Joel McHale in it, whom I love. And it's got uh, Al Madrigal, Natalie Z, uh, Paul Shear, Billy Wolf, Stephen Root is in this motherfucker. John Daly, Natalie Morales. There's a lot of great people in this, uh, including Shannon Woodward. I'm just going to keep naming people, aren't I? Breckin Meyer is in it. But anyway, it is about a couple who have been married for like seven years and are still ridiculously hornily in love with one another. And all of their fucking friends hate them. Just hate them. And then one day a mysterious stranger arrives at their house and says, yeah, yeah, your happiness was supposed to erode just like everyone else's on Earth. But there was a fuck up. And so I need you to inject this stuff into yourself so that you'll stop being in love with one another. And it is a super strange movie. It's got shades of the box, as you could probably tell from that little uh, synopsis that I gave. And uh, it's super weird and it's super interesting. And I like the way that it looks at this like kind of trope that we have that all people who are in an extended relationship grow to hate each other, um, which I feel like (laughs) is a corrosive, horrifying thing that we are fed on a daily basis, uh, similar to the way that we've started to look at parenting. And I think that it's super funny and it's filled with a lot of super talented people whom I love. And so, yeah, happily. It's apparently available for free with ads on Roku. I recommend you just pay the $5 to rent it somewhere. So, yeah, happily. That's my number seven of the year. And I'm so glad that for once, I feel like I was able to give us one of the the things that no one else had seen. (laughs) Nice. Yay, I did it. All right. We have come to number six. So far, we only have one double up it's crazy i can't even remember how we did last year i you know you know i keep these on a google sheet i should really look that up they'll do that while <laughs> someone else is talking speaking of which bill graham what's your number six favorite film of the year uh i don't think we talked about this one it is spencer
2: um no we haven't talked about we did that talk, yeah if we didn't talk about it it was with <laughs> without me but uh so now is my time um and I'm wasting time. And yeah, I really, really am in the bag for uh this filmmaker's movies. Um, I absolutely adored uh I can't even remember Jackie. Um and part of that, honestly, was the music. I really, really enjoyed this film. Um, I think Kristen Stewart is one of our best living actresses, um, ongoing, and she has a long way to go. We're um, sure she'll yeah, alive, right? hopefully. <laughs> yes, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I think she does an incredible job uh, portraying Princess Diana. I think this is a snapshot film. It in in. That way, it follows Jackie in so many different ways, uh, where it's just a snapshot into these people's lives for a brief moment, which is also, you know, uh, widely publicized and things like that. Um, But yeah, Ah! overall, just a terrific performance uh, that heads this film. And just I just really, really loved it.
0: Robin Barr, (laughs) what's your sixth (laughs) favorite film of the year?
2: Dawn.
0: Great movie, dun, dun. yeah!
1: Great movie. Listen, I missed, but I missed Spectacle. That's the one thing that was that we really, really did not have in the year of 2020. Um, just visually, aurally, fascinating. Um, the cinematography, the Hans Zimmer score the use of makeup and costuming. It was really, in my opinion, the perfect adaptation of Dune. I have seen the Lynch version. Don't at me about that because that sucked. And I love Lynch, but probably one of his worst movies. And this was just the the most beautiful um, sc- like book to screen adaptation I've seen in such a long time. It really brings that story to life. You can make complaints about the pacing. I certainly did. Um, you could say it, it kind of, it feels like chopped in half. It does. But this movie is an epic for a reason, or this book is an epic for a reason. It takes a long time to tell the story. And I think that uh, Denis Villeneuve, is that how you pronounce it? I think yeah, he Denis v. adequately spends the time build, like building up this world. And I could have used more exposition. I would have, Love to hear more about the empire, but give overall... us the
2: Snyder cut. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly.
1: Oh my As god! You, you could have Wait a second. A little more baseline, but
0: that was yeah. this year. That was this year. That was. It this was. Year. Oh no! I might have. No, I don't know. Uh... You can't throw it in there. I can't throw it in you... there now because it probably would have been like eight. You...
2: Yeah, but you can. You can always put it on your honorable mention. No, uh, because I okay. feel like
0: that's disingenuous. It... <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I feel I feel like Robin is done. Let me ask. I started getting
1: complaints, but <laughs> Robin
3: <that she's> done.
1: <laughs> it could it could have done a little more to explain the universe. But maybe there'll be time to do that later. I, I don't know. I just thought it was just like a movie that y- it's done, and you go, wow.
0: Yeah, yeah. you're just like, oh shit. <laughs> All right. You know what sucks is that like I feel like I do have to say now that I've realized that the Snyder Cut came out this year. I think it maybe would have edged out. Come on. Come on. Just Mm, for pure audacity. I think it might have uh, another one. We didn't even talk about on the podcast. What's funny is I took over like (laughs) the first 20 minutes of a different episode to talk about it, didn't I? Because like the other Uh, movie, I don't know if that was on.
2: I don't know if that was on the official thing. And that movie was also one that you thought was terrible that we, I think all three of us ended up enjoying. M- me, <laughs> So it was one
0: of gas. possibly 49 movies this past it was, year. <laughs> it was the
2: lesbian frontier
0: movie. Yes. Oh, the world to come. You know what's funny? I don't <laughs> even
1: remember the name of that movie. Yeah.
0: Was that this year? or was that that one yes well it was a year ago yeah it was it was a year ago but it came out quote-unquote in 2020 right because it's not even on 2021 not that it matters (laughs) because it would probably be down in like 33
2: brian it came out in 2021
0: so it was a 2021 release it's not the portrait of a lady on fire thing where it technically came out (laughs) in 2020 but like then they put it or 2019 but then they like put it somewhere else
2: correct yeah uh i don't think it got shifted that much well no so Um,
0: i don't like portrait of land fire if you remember got its qualifying run like it it released for like a week and some like so it was on the stuff out valentine's Valentine's day yeah Yeah. so i was not certain if world to come like whenever i go through our podcast list and this year because i had such trouble this past week compiling my top 10 I have made a a solemn vow to myself to do a better job using Letterboxd, which I pay for, to actually track what is a release so that I don't have to just scroll back through our our podcast RSS feed. But, like, January, February is always a fucking shit show because I can't remember, you know, if it's like, oh, that was a a November release that we're just getting to or, oh, this is a new release that no one's talking about. Yeah, it's tough. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's one of the problems. One of the problems of this industry that we're in. Anyway, so yeah, I think it probably would have been number 10. I think Come On, Come On would have lost to it because that movie's nuts. That movie's fucking crazy. <laughs> for sheer audacity, uh, <laughs> gets a spot in number 10. But anyway, nice. so Dune, awesome. Uh, a movie that was uh, another great talk that we had and maybe will come up again later on in this episode. Don't tease me. Dun, dun, dun. All right, uh, as for me, Number six. This is a movie that we talked about, uh, as all of my movies shall be from here on out. And this movie. Spoilers. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This movie uh, is actually one of the few movies that I have written a written review for in quite some time. Uh, It's a Netflix original, and it is Oxygen. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> what was the what was the oh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, i just I, I forgot that was a movie i, I have not I forgotten that this was a movie i fucking loved this movie this movie was great um, uh this is one of those movies where i'm like so happy so goddamn happy in fact i think it was very hard for me not to use the term breath of fresh air in my review hey. um just because i was like it feels like it It does feel like a Breath of Fresh Air, but there's no fucking way I could get away with writing that in this review. I will hate myself for the rest of my life. Um, You already do. Yeah, I know. And like, you know, no one knows (laughs) how long that's going to be for, but I still don't feel like I need any more self hatred than I already have. So I didn't write Breath of Fresh Air, but Oxygen, holy shit, what a great movie. Fantastic. Melanie Laurent, just doing awesome. Uh, Alexandra Aja, just kicking it up a notch after Crawl. Uh, Even more Confined Space. Just as much body horror. So good. Um, oh, Crawl. Maybe I'll watch Crawl tonight instead of uh, instead of The Deuce. Maybe I'll watch some alligators going after some people. There you go. Anyway, um, Oxygen. Uh, this movie's great. It's a fantastic little thriller. It takes place in a cryogenic tube, and there's a woman who doesn't want to be in there no more because her life support's failing. <laughs> Check it out. It's on Netflix. We talked about it. I have a written review. I don't need to talk about it anymore. It's Oxygen. Well. Yeah, so we've reached the halfway point. How's everyone feeling? Yeah, <sighs> stretch it
2: out, stretch it out. Stretch Ninth it inning house. stretch.
0: Yeah, all right. Yeah, seventh inning stretch. Eighth, in, t- seventh, t-
2: seventh is it seventh or eighth?
0: Ninth, it's the seventh inning stretch. It's it's the middle seventh of the seventh inning. inning. Okay, cool. So you can't even switching say sides. like it's seventh into eighth. It's like, oh, the home yeah. team Seven. is, you know, yep. about switching to take sides. The yep. Uh where we are now um is I'm gonna I, I actually was able to find our previous uh top tens for 2020, which is to say that we recorded in 2021. And um we had a couple of double ups. I don't know, even I don't even know if at this point we're gonna be able to to hit as many as we did. Last time the double ups that we had between Bill and Michael and myself were tenant. To Five Bloods, Driveways, Soul, Vast night, Lovers Rock, specifically, and First Cow. But anyway, so yes, that was uh, seven double ups last year, which is crazy. That's a lot. It is a lot, yeah. Um, and what's funny is that it was like a fair amount from everyone. It's not like it was just you and me, Bill. Like, Michael got in on that mm-hmm. a little bit, too. So, anyway, I look forward to seeing what we get. Presently, we only have one, and it is Come On, Come On. But let's see if we can break that, shall we? Bill Graham, what is your fifth favorite film of the year? Oh, man. This is another one we didn't get to talk about. Oh, fuck. Um, King Richard. <laughs> Um,
2: or at least I didn't get to talk about, uh, I I have, I have, uh, one more, uh, no, two more, uh, on my list that we didn't get to talk about. So I'm excited for my top five, but yeah, King Richard. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, what do (laughs) I have to say about Will Smith? Um, I feel like he tries really, really fucking hard and I am not one of those people that like denigrates people because they try hard i like that i like that you're giving effort that you care about your craft that you care about like trying to be something more than just the fresh prince of bel-air um i enjoy him so much in this film because this is not an easy to write off uh What have we ever settled on? I I call it a biopic, but you know, whatever. Uh,
1: Biopic. Biopic.
0: I don't Now that we've just had that conversation. I can't even remember what I would call it. It's a a biopic. It's a, it's a, I see now I feel like I said it different from both of you just to be weird. (laughs)
2: anyways um this is not a hunky dory like la la kind of uh you know praise his name kind of film um about the father of venus and serena williams instead it is a kind of a not even a skewering but a very introspective and interesting look into his life and his uh purpose and his kind of uh trajectory uh for their life um and i really found it fascinating uh if you're into sports it's also very fascinating to just like see this other side of it and see how much of a risk taker he was um for what a lot of people felt like was a sure thing and turned out was a really fucking sure thing um and so yeah it's Man, it, it's,
0: it's just a really, really, good film. All right. Yep. Awesome. And where is totally that? Totally solid f- movie. And that's on HBO Max, correct?
1: Uh,
2: it was.
0: Is it not anymore?
2: It oh, okay. It was one anymore. of those ones.
0: Okay. Yes. Right. Well, yeah. look forward to it coming back at some point, maybe, or uh, go out and rent it. And yeah. that, again, was King Richard the biopic uh, about... Uh, <laughs> 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 wow. biggest laugh of the night um (laughs) never gonna be able to top that anyway uh robin bar what is your fifth favorite movie of the year
1: all right hear me out hear me out hear me out
0: absolutely not the white
1: tiger um i don't even know what that is (laughs) not a lot of people talked about this movie but i thought it was great it ended up with an oscar nomination for best uh adapted screenplay last year um
0: wait a second how did it get an oscar for last year if you're saying that it was this year.
1: It remember that the ceremony was in April.
0: Oh, when, what? so what was their cutoff date?
1: Yeah, it was like February or something. Oh, anyway, okay. Crazy. Um, okay. All right. So this yeah, movie actually crazy. came out January of 2021. Hmm, it's right. a story. Um, it, it's set in India and it's about a man who grows up uh, very, very poor and he's trying to, lift himself up by his bootstraps uh, but it's not very it's not really a Horatio Alger story uh, because it really shows the dark side of survival um, and this man ends up working for a rich family and then you sort of see the way that they degrade him and he ends up degrading himself trying to uh, curry their favor and it's it's uh, I would say for kind of close to a di- di- Dickensian fairy tale or a Dickensian story of um, growing up very abused and how that can spur someone to have bigger and bigger uh, ambitions and, you know, the, the price you pay for those ambitions. Um, just a really great movie. Just uh, totally sucked me in. and uh, and the performance, the lead performance is great. The writing is great um, and it's available on Netflix. So, I highly recommend that you see this movie.
0: Awesome. All right. Very good. The White Tiger. Um, as for myself, uh, my number five film um, honestly could have been number one just because of what it signaled in my life. And that was A Glorious Return to the Theatrical Experience. This is the first movie that I had seen in theaters in over a year. I was able to go with my brother-in-law and my nephew and my brother. And that movie is A Quiet Place Part 2. Yeah, it yeah. came out this year. It it did. It did. In fact yeah, come out that this was year.
2: that was that was one of my first films back into the theaters
0: as well. Yeah, um, I can't
2: I can't remember if it came out before or after uh,
0: Black Widow. I think it came out it, after. One hundred percent came out before. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. um But anyway, yeah. Quiet Place Part Two. This is a movie that i have been super excited for pre pandemic. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was supposed to come out. I think in like April. Um. So yeah, it's kind of funny that two movies um, that will forever be tied to the pandemic for me are The Way Back, which is the movie that I saw right before going into mm-hmm. lockdown, uh, which I think was my mm-hmm. number one of last year. Oh, why am I asking? I have the thing up. No, I it was it number two. was
2: Invis- Invisible Man was one of the
0: last ones I saw. Yeah. Um, that was not on your top 10. Um, but yeah, so The Way Back actually was my number two of last year. Um My number one was World of Tomorrow 3, uh, because it had to be. Um, But yeah, so Quiet Place Part 2. I just realized I didn't even start the timer. But it doesn't matter, because we talked about this on the podcast, so I don't really have to talk a lot about it. I thought this is another fantastically directed, fantastically acted film. The fact that I was able to see it in a theater was uh, icing on the cake, because I really feel like, uh, if you're watching a movie where sound is a deadly thing, being in a room full of people where everyone's trying to hold their breath, and where any sound that is created is super loud, is a perfect way to watch it. And I think that uh, this is a rich, post-apocalyptic tapestry uh, on which the writers can continue to create their stuff. So I'm looking forward to whatever comes next. And this one was great. And uh, you all should check it out. And uh, Killing Murphy Forever. Quiet please. Yeah, it's, it's,
2: it's, it's got Scoot in movie. it. It's a great movie it does have scoot in a a very uh weird uh role but uh i think i think what's interesting about this film is that it would have been so easy for uh john krasinski um filmmaker slash actor uh to replicate what he did in the first film which is very very quiet film you know uh not to point Uh, put too fine of a point on it you Mm -hmm. know considering it's called a quiet place but a quiet place too is and i've heard this comparison before i think we did a podcast on this and i made that comparison during that podcast but it is like alien and aliens right they're they're two very different films well yeah because suddenly you
0: go from oh my god we have to avoid it to well we can fight back
2: Correct. Right. And so, yeah, this film is very loud and bombastic in a lot of parts, whereas the first film was just all about that soundscape. And yeah, the first film, you know, we will never or you will never be able to replicate this. But I remember watching it in the middle of the week in like with like three other people in the theater and i watched it at the alamo draft house which you know they serve food and i remember remember very distinctly there was a guy a couple of rows ahead of me and he would eat popcorn during loud moments but he wouldn't eat popcorn during the quiet moments and he would Good like he would pause halfway to his mouth and wait until something would jangle and then like shove popcorn in his mouth and i was just a, like a quiet this guy gets it
0: is still one of my favorite theatrical experiences because of exactly that like people were fucking terrified they were quiet the whole time the woman next to me was like weeping <laughs> weeping from wow. the tension of it and like was trying to stay quiet through her weeping because she knew everyone could hear because it was very quiet. And then just when it (laughs) ended the uh, eruption of pure, unadulterated joy and everyone just going like, fuck yeah, was just, it was great. It was great. And what's funny is that like, I know that there's that viral clip that goes around of, like, that one audience where fucking Captain America picks up Thor's mallet hammer. Oh, my God. Please don't kill me. Please, everyone at home, put your guns meow, meow. down. Put the fires out. I was going to say Mjolnir, decided to just say hammer, and then instead said mallet. And I have never been more sorry for anything I've ever done. Um but like i've never been i've never felt that i've never experienced that when i go to see the mcu movies it's always like jury duty it's always people who are just there who are like let's get this over and a quiet place Mm -hmm. was seriously one of those things where i was like oh this is it this is that thing that i miss Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah for sure Yep. all right i will not
1: forget uh going to see the quiet place in the theater and In that very first sequence, spoilers, where the little boy is snatched and it's such a horror, I just laughed so hard. You fucking would. That, like, people looked at me. (laughs) I, 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 like, offended them.
0: There's yeah. a movie called uh, Magical Girl. It's fantastic, actually. I don't know where you can see it. Um, That's a that,
1: theme of the evening.
0: <laughs> well, so Magical Girl. I went to one Toronto International Film Festival, and I loved almost every film that I saw. And I remember leaving and going, oh, God, I'll never be able to see any of those movies again. Um, but luckily, you know, life has caught up, and I, you can actually stream a lot of them or find them. Somewhere, though I just tried looking for it, and uh, it's very difficult because uh, apparently Magical Girl is a thing that's an anime term. But anyway, I know that you can get the DVD or the Blu-ray. Oh, you can apparently rent it on Apple TV. But anyway, and it's for free on Canopy, which is one of those library streaming services. But anyway, there's a moment where a woman is holding a baby that is handed to her by some of her friends, and she just starts laughing. And they say, what? What is it? What's so funny? And she said, I just thought how you would look if I threw this baby out the window. (laughs) So anyway, Robin, uh, I feel like you should watch that movie. (laughs) I feel like that movie would really connect with you. Also, that movie's yeah, fucked would. up. Like, that's a Hanukkah type movie. Like, Hanukkah must have seen that oh, movie. Oh, yeah, like, I gotta take this guy out for drinks. He's a riot.
1: Hanukkah, isn't it like Hanukkah?
0: Hanukkah whatever.
1: Yeah, he's one of my Hanukkah.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like the fucking holiday. What? Yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah,
1: the fucking holiday.
0: <laughs> yeah, that fucking holiday. <laughs> the festival of lights. Um. Anyway, good times. Number four. Our number four favoritist film of the year, Bill Graham. What's your number four film? Ooh, my f- number four is Encanto. Oh, no, man.
2: <laughs> hell yeah, Ugh. Hamilton, baby. I will um, fucking yeah, kill you. Th- th- this is this is the best thing that Lin Manuel Miranda has been involved in since Hamilton. So that is not uh, saying a lot. Uh, well, you know, yeah. Uh, Give him his time. Um, But yeah, this film is so delightful. Um, There is a a side character who is a uh, very uh, ripped, uh, very strong lady who has a song in the middle of this that is just like jaw-dropping. Such a bop. Oh my god, this song. And like, just the fact that Like, it's come out recently that uh, her merchandise specifically is like one of the top sellers. And Disney's like, oh, oh, oops, we put all the chips on the other character. Whoops, sorry about that. And the super femme sister. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that's that's hilarious and that's funny, and that's just a come up in in so many different ways. But um, yeah, this film is delightful. Uh the main song, uh uh, we don't talk about Bruno, uh, is also Ugh. just a fucking jam. Um but man, it is so fun. It is so interesting that it is a Disney film without really a particular a antagonist um mm-hmm. and it's a disney it's not according to people without... on tiktok it ain't <laughs> uh, well it's
1: not uh, what you would think of as a traditional villain
2: yeah and it doesn't have a traditional princess story it doesn't have so many of the disney tropes and yet it works so well and yeah i you know it, it, con- considering we live in an age where we got Coco not that long ago by Pixar, and we got this film uh, by Disney. Man, it's uh, it's really starting to uh, come together in so many different ways. So, yeah, loving did, uh,
0: loving. Even though I gave you the horn, what do you mean when you say it is starting to come together? What is the it? What is the the article?
2: that they are starting to get cultural rep- cultural representation right in so many different ways whether that's bringing in co-directors whether that's bringing in talent whether that's bringing in just voice uh artists and not necessarily having to sell them on like being I don't know. Uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda was part of another film that stars like Gloria Estefan or something like that. No, Gloria Estefan this year. Yeah, this year. And I'm like, really? Like, when was the last time you even saw Gloria Estefan? Like, what the fuck are we doing here? You know? So it's just like, okay, come on. And so, yeah, this film has a lot of uh, voice members that you wouldn't necessarily expect. And
0: I like it uh when they do that so i am he still lying it. to my daughter that i don't know how to watch this movie
1: oh my god <laughs> you're sick
0: i'm fucking not doing it um and i didn't want to see it even before tiktok made me want to kill myself because of this movie and it's it's prominence on that service <laughs> like clips of people dancing to the music or like memes have popped up around the music and i just can't i just fucking can't um i've heard the songs that you all have referred to as bops and jams. And I think they're terrible. And uh, I just have to, it's just, it's never going to happen for me. I'm like the big Lebowski and he's like, I just fucking hate the Eagles. Like, I know it's popular. (laughs) I know people like them. It's just not for me. And I will get kicked out of a cab someday, but I just can't do it. I have a friend who has a child that is around my (laughs) daughter's age. And she's just like, so have you broke it down and watched Encanto yet? And it's like, I don't have to. I've already got her hooked on, like, you know, Studio Ghibli movies. And now I got her hooked on Cartoon Saloon. I'm going to be able to get her into her 30s without having seen this stupid fucking movie. (laughs) Well, that's delightful. So
1: Taking time bomb, man.
0: Do not believe you. Um, If she ever wants to watch it, I'm going to be like, great. Here, I'm putting it on. I'm going to do something else. (laughs) Come spring, it'll be my lawn mowing movie. Assuming she likes it. I don't know. I don't know. It's really... It's a toss-up with her. I never know. It's because I thought she was gonna like Ryan the Last Dragon, and if you all remember that episode, she was mm-hmm. quite bored with that movie.
1: It's, it's yeah. not geared for her.
0: I mean, but maybe Encanto is not either. I mean, like, there's a lot of stuff that's not geared for her.
1: I just think that's like a very teen-oriented movie, whereas Encanto is more family, like of all ages.
0: Interesting. Um, Robin, your mic did you touch it or something? You sound a little... Muffled.
1: I was just going to ask something. Uh, something about the device just got messed up, so I'm going to try to plug it in again. Can you
0: pause just for a second? Yep. Interesting.
1: I got like something saying that your device is not. We don't know what it is anymore. Did, did it change?
0: <laughs> no, nothing's gotten. Your better. device is giving us weird vibes, bro.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like saying like we don't know what this is. Get out. Hold on, let me.
0: Yeah, unplug it and plug it back in. Yeah, and then go to your your preferences and make sure that it's pulling from the right thing.
1: Did that do anything?
0: Yeah, you're back. Uh, okay. Yeah, you sound crisp enough to be a voice actor in Encanto.
2: Hey. <laughs> oh boy.
0: Anyway. Cool. Cool. So that's Bill's number. Trace, no number Quattro. Mm-hmm. And uh, Robin number Bar, four. what's your number four?
1: Quo vadis Aida. Uh, this film came out sp- early spring of last year. It was also one of those films nominated for an Oscar um, Best International Film. Uh, this is really quite brutal, I'll be honest. It's uh, set during the time of the, um, I think, the Yugoslavian Civil War. Um, is that, or the, the, Is that what it was? (laughs) Now I'm forgetting, honestly. (laughs) I get very confused with this area of the world. Um, I think it was the Serbian, uh, I'm sorry, it's a Bosnian film. Um, And it's set during the time of the uh, Serbian-Bosnian War, um, which is obviously known for its human atrocities. And Mm -hmm. it's about a translator who is trying to you know be oh my god i can't even describe this movie (laughs) she's a translator who is working with i think the united nations and the united nations is doing very poorly at brokering um between the warmongers and the, the poor villagers of this of this area and the warmongers end up um trying to send people away and you're like what does that even mean like where are you sending them and it just it's it's so stressful and this woman who's the translator is trying to save her son her sons and her husband from being sent away because they're trying to take all the men in this village and bring them somewhere and you're like what is this uh genocide that is happening and and it it's just a terrifying film to watch extremely stressful um, and the film is very much about also the memory of this war and what it means to move on after just a a major atrocities. Um, So if you love a good drama, (laughs) this could be for you, but if you're sensitive to certain types of brutality, then I would say uh, maybe skip it, but I thought it was really beautiful.
0: Felt really crass to blow that air horn, but uh, (laughs) I had to do it. I
3: had
1: trouble coming up with the right terminology. <laughs> like I, I gave knew you what an I was extra couple about, of
0: seconds, but... and I was like, because mainly because I didn't want to blow an air horn while you're talking about an atrocity. But at it's, the same time, it's rough. <laughs> I made a promise. I made a promise to hold us accountable. But a All fantastic right. film. Cool. All right, my fourth favorite film of. Oh wait, hold on. Stop. Reset. Where can people see this? <laughs> you, by now you should know that i'm going to ask all right is this homework lord just google the movie
1: and wow. google it streaming we, there is no
0: value <laughs> add for people listening to this podcast
1: all right give me one second all right um, i'll talk ha, so i assume you have neither of you have seen it i
0: don't even know how to no. spell what you just said okay votivates aida
1: yeah it's uh i suppose latin it's q u o V-A-D-I-S Aida is the name of the woman Oh, so it's A-I-D-A. like, where are you
0: going, Aida?
1: Something to that effect um, And yes, it is a Bosnian film from.
0: from Don't cry Argentina. for me, Argentina No
1: Oh boy, and you can watch it on Prime Video
0: Excellent, hey. excellent um, As Amazon. for me My fourth most favoritist film Of the year Is Dune Ah double up Hi uh robin's talked about this um i talked about this on the episode that we did about it um i feel like a lot of people talked about it i'm right there with robin and being super excited to get back to the theaters and see some spectacle it was great to go and see a quiet place obviously um however i was exceedingly excited that i was able to make time to go and see dune in the theater and uh just fucking soak in this crazy ass giant fucking fantasy space world with its glimmering spice winds, and its blue-eyed Bedouin fucking warrior class, and its giant-ass worms, man. I mean, like, it's just so good. It's so great. It's such a high-drama opera. It's, you know, Game of Thrones, but with spaceships. And it's uh, it's fucking wild. It's great. I loved it. Even uh, Tragedy Chevrolet could not dampen my spirits <laughs> in seeing this movie and um Leave him i just
3: alone.
0: never <laughs> absolutely not um and yeah i uh i'm fucking amped about the fact that it's getting a part two i wish that they had just like manned up and done both of them together but i guess you know whatever whatever works whatever helps it's a strange world i understand people doing things that make no sense so that's <laughs> dune it is presently i believe on hbo max once again And um, if it's not, you should just uh, search for it some other place and check it out, Uh, especially since we're going to get a sequel at some point. So that's Dune, my numero quattro. All right, here we go. It's bronze medal time since the Olympics apparently started yesterday, today. No, no, no. Like two days ago. man. Oh, shit. All right. I don't know what's going on anymore. Anyway, so the Olympics have started and therefore I'm going to say bronze medal time. Let's play the anthem of Bill's bronze medal choice. Bill, what's your third favorite film of the year? It is a documentary called
2: The Rescue. You can find it on Discovery or you can find it on Disney+. Um, interesting. It might actually be on National Geographic. Uh but yeah, it's on Disney Plus. You have Disney Plus. Go watch it on Disney Plus. That's how I watched it. Um cool. so this is a documentary that came out this year. Uh No Cheating, No No Uh Takebacks, No No Funny Business uh came out this year. Unlike um Like Robin. Yeah. Uh Anyways, um, so this is a documentary about the rescue of the kids that got lost in the Thai uh, caverns. Um, so if you remember this, uh, everyone from Elon Musk to all sorts of other people started to be like, uh, what do we need to do to help y'all, right? Um, this became a gigantic national or uh, international news story um these poor kids were trapped there for quite a long time and uh you know it's easy to know that oh there was like a good happy ending to this and like that's about it. Like, that's all that I kind of really knew. Um, because I couldn't fucking do anything for these kids. So I was going to get invested in whether they, you know, were rescued or not. I didn't want to follow it too closely because I was like, what the fuck am I? Like, this is miserable to like just sit and watch. Uh, so yeah, the documentary is fascinating in that it fully explores what happened and what they did to actually uh, rescue these kids. But it also touches on, like, Thai religion and uh, how the government got involved and how they kind of made a mess of things at certain times. Um, it doesn't pull any punches, and it's, it's just a really, really fascinating uh and incredibly dramatic, because when you start to realize what they actually did to rescue these kids, oh, holy shit. Um, yeah, we started watching it late at night, thinking that we were going to shut it off halfway and go to bed and then come back, and we couldn't fucking do that.
0: All right. I had to double double horn you, because you oh, went another 25 right. seconds, and I was like, this right. motherfucker. You're gonna need a rescue anyway. So that is the, the, res- the rescue, um, and that is on Disney Plus. So awesome, excellent, Robin Barr. What is your bronze medal winner?
1: Red Rocket. Yeah, yum. Uh, I, yum. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I didn't, didn't want to say yum because of the what a Red Rocket could mean, but at the same time, yeah. I cannot let that happen and not go for it.
1: Exactly. It is uh, another Sean Baker. Sean Baker is one of my favorite filmmakers of the last uh, half decade or so. I love Tangerine. I love the Florida project. And with Red Rocket, he once again explores sex work and living uh, on the margins of society. In this case, uh, Simon Rex, who is also uh, a former porn star himself, plays a former porn star who travels back to his home in texas and reconnects with all the people there that still hate him for being a little douche and using (laughs) his annoying charms uh worms his way back into their lives uh much to their detriment and eventually his detriment and as he uh sort of tries to con his ex-wife or or legal wife into returning uh back home with him to to go back to their porn lifestyle, he meets a teenager who, you know, he starts to see the dollar signs when he looks at her. Um, and I very much look forward to doing this podcast with everybody in a few weeks because I think Brian will become apoplectic. Hell Yeah. <laughs> um at this movie but as he should because this is no love story uh this is very much a story of a predator but just as long the as movie the movie
0: is, is aware of that unlike certain other yes, movies we may have talked yes, about
1: exactly and it's very aware of it it's a very funny film uh very shocking we're really well directed and sean baker very much knows how to direct a cast of unknowns and non-professional actors and everybody just comes together. It's probably one of the best ensembles, if not my favorite ensemble of the year. So I highly recommend this movie. If, if you're a fan of this kind of film, um, I think this is one of Sean Baker's best.
0: All right. Awesome. And once again, Robin bar right into the wire, a minute and 53 seconds.
1: I know what you do to the, to the rogues.
0: (laughs) to the rogues and scallions. i am looking forward to watching red rocket it's been interesting watching um just the way that uh, sex work has changed since the pandemic hit um mm. at least in the ways that i've been able to view it on social media um like you know a lot of tiktok is someone dancing or doing something funny and then like you go and you're like oh maybe i'll follow this person then you realize that everything they're doing is just an enticement to try to get you to join their only fans Mm. And like there's an empowerment thing that goes with that, you know, like I don't need to work anymore and like all the money is coming to me, you know, intermediaries are gone. And then you see the other people who talk about OnlyFans on TikTok and it's a girl who's like talking about how uh she was like 16 or 17 and soaking in all this attention from people who are like, "Oh my god, when you become 18, you should totally join OnlyFans." And thinking of it as being like a feminist and empowering thing. And then realizing that, like, oh, no, wait, that's literally what grooming is.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, so it's it's interesting. And so, like, I think stories like that are super interesting and important, uh, both in terms of representation of a certain aspect of life that we don't like to think about, but also just in terms of, like, the complex morality of it. So, yeah, super excited to talk about Red Rocket and Lost Daughter. Robin Barr is giving you insights into our future <laughs> list of things <laughs> that we're going to watch and uh, two of them are apparently already on the thing on her on her top ten. Uh, as for me, I'm gonna shift violently away from Red Rocket. Uh, my third favorite movie, or yeah movie of the year, my bronze medal goes to the movie that I've seen most possibly of any movie that I've ever seen in my entire life. And that is Luca. The Pixar yeah. animated film, uh, which was released this year, and I am still salty uh, about Disney not releasing fucking Pixar films in movie theaters and instead giving us their drab bullshit fucking musicals <sighs> like Encanto in, in theaters, but not Luca. Um,
1: A movie you haven't seen.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm never going to. But I would have loved to have taken my daughter to go see Luca in theaters because uh, she loved that movie. But I was not able to because Disney is refusing to release Pixar films in theaters. They're doing the same fucking thing with their Red Panda movie that I cannot remember the name of right now.
3: Turning and, red.
0: Yeah, there we go. Um, and I'm I'm getting really fucking annoyed about it. It's it's It sucks. I want my daughter to go see movies that are good in a theater and I'm being given nothing, nothing to work with. And um, I'm pissed off about it. All that, I've just wasted a minute of my own time and I don't care because someone has to scream about it. Um, And you people are a captive goddamn audience for another 13 seconds? No, minute and one second. Anyway, Luca's fantastic. It's gorgeous. It's painterly. It's got this beautiful, floating, dreamlike quality to it that I just absolutely love. Uh, I love the fact that it's uh, an exploration of friendship on all levels. That um, It's about finding the world, finding your place in the world. And it venerates uh, things like curiosity, ingenuity, and acceptance. And um, I'm super excited that I got to watch it and that my daughter liked it and that I liked it because uh, it's the one of the few movies that she's really latched onto in the way that you expect a child to latch to a movie. And luckily it wasn't an annoying one. So that's (laughs) Luca. It's on Disney plus and you can check it out and you should check it out. And, um, yes, it's a, it's an incredible film. So uh, go see it. All right. We are at our penultimate choices for the year. Is everyone psyched? Is everyone amped? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Thank you, Robin, for keeping up the energy. Let's talk about it. What is your first loser of the year? Bill Graham. <laughs> it's gonna be doomed, baby. Doom, oh, oh shit. You know what that means? It's a one,
2: two, three. Yeah. Up. Wow. Uh, we love this film. Uh, sponsored by the Film Day Show. Um, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this movie is just. Man, it's just fantastic. It's it's just so good to see something on the big screen that's just this fucking enjoyable. Um, you know, I saw it the day after my honeymoon. Uh, I was like, "Baby, this is the one thing I want to see in theaters. This is my honeymoon. Let's do this!" <laughs> what the fuck? Like. Uh, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at, man. Uh, I love Denny V's movies. I just fucking can't get enough of them. Give me five hours, give me 10 hours of this fucking shit. Like, I just love it. Um, and yeah it it just lived up to the hype that it couldn't have possibly done and it still works on so many different levels uh it actually made me fucking excited and uh still haven't pulled the trigger on it but i'm very close to actually reading the books so uh which is fascinating (laughs) i I never thought i would yeah i never thought i would i would get this far uh so i started reading
0: dune early in the summer in anticipation and it is it is dense and it, it is. Yeah. It, but like I honestly I think having seen the movie, you were primed mm-hmm. to be able to read the book a lot easier than me. Because I'm sitting yes. there and I'm like, the Benny Gesserit. what the fucking shit are we talking about here? Like what is happening? Mm-hmm. What is a gomjabar? Gomjabar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh so yeah, man. And look, I I listen to a lot of uh, film scores when I work and uh, the Dune film score is fucking fantastic. And there's like a offshoot of it where Hans Zimmer was just like, you know what? I fucking love Dune. I'm going to make so much Dune music. It's just going to flow into another Dune soundtrack that is completely unrelated from the movie. So um, it actually scores a visual a uh, storytelling book <laughs> which is just like what you, what does you that make music mean? for that yeah <laughs> why'd you make music for that so yeah bananas
0: i um i i i still sometimes think about i don't even know what they're saying so i can't even attempt to do it but that that part where the woman just screams on the soundtrack mm-hmm. and like has like growling like you know it's, i don't know if it's like a made up language or if it's just vowels <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about? There's like that style of singing that's like it's not words, it's just a feeling. No, no one's going to help than me a out feeling. Here. I'm going to as as Robin talks, I'm going to Google what is singing without words and uh after I get past all the people who are high, um hopefully I'll figure it out. So that's dune. It's a it's our first triple up. So now we have a double up which is come on, come on. And a tri- why did I say that so weird? And then a triple up, which is Dune. All right, Robin Barr, what is your silver medal for the year 2021?
1: All right, get ready, Brian. Oh, fuck. got to get heavy.
0: Oh, God. Do I have to have this? Should the rap air horn be up?
1: Mm, it's in the Heights.
0: Oh, fuck you how dare we make this list feature two different lin-manuel miranda things i would prefer if we had chosen something literally produced by i'm not gonna say it
1: um i love this movie i remained in love with this movie after seeing it in theaters last june uh and maybe i loved it because it was the second movie I'd seen in theaters in more than a year. But I don't think that's the case. I think it's just a great soundtrack, a great lead performance from Anthony Ramos, a fun, just life-affirming exploration of gentrification and the immigrant experience and second generation America versus the first generation and just all the, things that I like in intergenerational stories. That's that's this movie. Um, great cast. Fun as hell. I have no complaints about it other than, well, I shouldn't say I have no complaints. Obviously it's a little, uh, the women parts or the women's parts in this movie are not that great. They're given all the boring songs. I don't like that. I, I wish the film was more racially diverse, but beyond those things, uh, just, moving very very moving
0: so apparently if you are singing without words it is called uh, a vocalese which is different Mm, where you're just like "Ah." yeah yeah it's it's vocalese um so I know that that is a that is a thing I was not incorrect and I know that like there's uh, I think the person who sings on the dune soundtrack is like famous for that
1: well, I can say that the folks in In the Heights do sing you know, lyrics. No, I was really trying to like not those get lyrics. into
0: a fight with you <laughs> by just pivoting. I, I'm like fucking upset that you've ruined what was a perfectly fine top ten by having to make me think about In the Heights.
1: Listen, I know you hate joy, and that's fine. It's
0: not joy. I hate uh, fucking schmaltzy ass uh, surface level bullshit. Mm, do you? Also, I can't even remember all the things that I had a problem with within the Heights. Uh, I remember that the characters were fucking terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember hating the ending. (laughs) So dumb. What a fucking terrible movie. I I can only be more upset now if someone uh, ruins it by making their number one of the year West Side Story. Pinagua. (laughs) Pinagua. Anyway, um, my number two is a movie. You know, what's funny is we've talked a lot about singing uh, for our silver medals. Um, Bill with the Dune soundtrack and the vocalese. Robin with the uh, warbling and in the heights. And now I'm going to talk about singing um, with a little film about being a child of deaf adults. And that movie is CODA, my number two of the year. Yeah. Yeah. um, This is a movie that I walked into rolling my eyes about uh i don't even remember i had been watching something on some streaming service with commercials uh so it must have been on peacock honestly because i ain't paying for ad-free peacock but anyway um so i kept seeing commercials for coda and i was like we're talking about this cheesy ass looking fucking melodrama cannot believe it ready to hate it And then I watched it, and goddammit, it it won me over. And uh, I got to the point where I think like a a month or two ago, I had some free time, and I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to watch Coda again. And I watched Coda again, and I really liked it still. And I kind of sat there, and I was like, oh shit, this might be my number one film of the year. Clearly that didn't happen, but it got damn close. And um, yeah, it's a fantastic film. It's funny, it's heartfelt, it's moving, the songs are amazing, and they're deployed expertly and uh yeah i really i really really quite love this film and um probably the most uh accessible film i've ever put this high in one of my top 10s because i feel like even the way back doesn't have the broad appeal that coda does um but here we are coda uh my number two film of the year.
1: I'm here for it, and Troy Kotzer probably very, very likely going to get an Oscar nomination tomorrow for this role, and I, I think he's my favorite film. Absolutely he was my favorite supporting so. actor of the year.
0: So that very scene where he is like has his fingers on her throat, so he can he- oh, heal her singing. Don't you get me
1: started, I'll cry.
0: Oh my god! I mean, like that's the thing, you know. As I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, it's got me. Oh, it's got me. And like, it's one of those movies where you're like, I don't even know if we needed her best friend and her brother to enter into a relationship. Like, that feels like, you know, too much frosting on this already delicious cake. But then you watch it and you're like, no, I do believe that those small side characters deserve to find happiness with one another.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Fucking great. And it's
1: fucking funny. This movie's funny. Yeah. It's not at all.
0: It's great. It's wonderful. That scene where, like, I I still think about the fact that, like, you know, her, you know, cute moment with the boy she likes gets ruined because her deaf parents don't realize how loud they're having sex.
1: Oh, hilarious. And
0: and she gets mad at him because he tells people at school. And then afterwards, he's like, it's just like, you have such a perfect life. Your parents love each other. And she's like, what? What are you talking about? I was like, yeah, because this guy's like a child of divorce. Like, he's just like, man, this fucking girl and her parents, like, they're so close and they've got this great, like, communication going on. Oh, man. It's just great. It's great because no one in the movie is a victim and everyone has got their own different opinions on things. And they all uh, are able to get together and make the beautiful music happen, both uh, symbolically and literally.
1: Mm-hmm. And also the production design is really good. Uh, It's a very realistic lived in house, and you very rarely see that on screen.
0: Yeah. In terms of movies that take place in small fishing communities, um, this was a great year for stories about that. We had Coda, and then we had, if I had really wanted to be an asshole and drive home how little I liked a lot of the movies that came out this year, I was honestly thinking of making uh, Midnight Mass like one of my top three. I would have punched you. I would have punched myself after I made such a huge deal about the fact that uh, Twin Peaks The Return was not a movie. I couldn't, I couldn't, I know it's not, I agree with you, Robin, but there's a part of me where I was like, Ooh, I should do it. Oh, I should like put, and then what is it? The Queen's Gambit. When did the Queen's Gambit come out? Was that this year?
1: 2020.
0: Oh, that was last year. Damn. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, anyway, I if if, (laughs) I would have done it anyway, I don't care. But anyway, yeah, I almost made Midnight Mass one of my tops, but then I was like, no, I ha- if I if no matter how dark it gets, no matter how uh, unthinkable the, the quality of the films of this year might have been, I cannot, I will not be sully the concept of cinema by claiming that something that aired episodically on TV was a movie. No matter here, what here. the film stage says.
2: Anyway, the
0: film stage, the film stage, I should mention that my daughter was sick all today uh, with a nasal and throat thing. And so I am fucking counting down the minutes until I eventually have to pay for spending all day with her in my lap so I could comfort her by Mm. catching what she had. So let's, (laughs) uh, let's all just say a little prayer for me. Mm. Um, Also, I don't know if you've ever had to self-administer a COVID test to a five-year-old. It's not fun.
1: I don't even like self-administering it to myself.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's not great. But she's negative, so that's good. Ooh, anyway, yeah. I remember what, I remember self-administering
2: one uh, when we were on uh, the what is it? Uh, the honeymoon? I
3: yeah, that's <laughs> like oh, yeah.
2: the cruise <laughs> ship. The plane?
3: Yeah. when you had to go. Yeah. When you were on Arrakis?
2: Yeah, yeah when we went to. Arrakis, when you were avoiding yes. shy Of course, you gotta watch, walk with, uh, walk with rhythm. Um, no, without rhythm,
0: you gotta, it's gotta be unnatural rhythm.
2: Yeah. Uh, anyways, all right, nerds. I remember, uh, the guy the telling me to, uh, send this thing up my nose and I had done that like, I don't know, six months earlier because we thought we were, uh, had contracted COVID. It turns out we didn't. And, uh, yeah, I remember like getting immediately teary eyed and I was like, oh, oh, okay. Uh, this is not how far I sent it up last time. <laughs> I'm just like, I did it wrong.
0: Well, I'm, I'm just glad. Cause like the, the test they have now, you don't have to like poke your brain Mm, when i when i first the first one i had to take was actually the throat one where they were just like all right hold on and then they just like jammed two sticks down my throat wow and then the next time was the the two sticks up into my nostrils hitting my cerebellum Mm -hmm. but now the the pcr test you only got to go like just right up in there you know you pick deeper anyway that doesn't mean anything to a five-year-old who's like oh my god oh my god oh my god why is my dad shoving this in my nose and then i was like okay that was really good now i've got to do the other nostril no i know oh man anyway uh i tried you know to make it easy but you can only make that so easy but anyway here we are the for the final the final moment before we go into the uh the other random cleanup stuff like uh what am I gonna call it? Honorable mentions and things we didn't see. I guess honorable regrets. Um, let's talk about it. Let's talk about our number one film of the year. Bill Graham, send us out on a high note. What is your favoriteest film that you saw in the year of our Lord 2021? Or that was released in the year of our Lord 2021 and that you saw afterwards? I mean, I haven't mentioned
2: it yet. So, uh, we did a podcast on it. And, uh, if you listen to this podcast, it should be pretty fucking obvious. But, uh, it's that goddamn card counter.
0: Yeah. Uh, he, oh, man. You know counts counts what that means? He yeah. counts them fucking he counts,
2: cards. He counts them real good. Um, boy, what a, what a fucking hunky movie uh <laughs> hey you know what uh it's also a double up on oscar isaac how about that is it a quadruple up wait five five movies or wait, five the f- five points in our list two five three dunes and two card counters
0: yeah oh that is yeah okay all right i thought you meant that there was like another movie that he was in no no no
2: i mean there's there's other movies i'm sure (laughs) three dunes and a
0: card counter yeah two card counters two guys a girl and a pizza place uh
2: but yeah uh this movie's fantastic holy shit uh i loved it so much um i think that that ending is fucking unsettling and raw in so many different ways um I found just the time spent with this character is just so interesting. And honestly, I found the stuff with Abu Ghraib uh, actually uh, not interesting. Interesting feels like the wrong word. Uh, I found it enlightening in a way that I I don't know if it's true or not, but um, it felt honest and it felt real. So, yeah, love this film. We did a awesome. whole fucking podcast on it.
0: We did, we did. It's a fucking great movie. All right, cool. Robin Bar, it's the time. What is your favoriteest movie that you saw in the past twelve month period?
1: Got to be the Power of the Dog, brothers. Oh,
0: for fuck's oh. sake! <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs>
1: I- Cody, Cody, also, why
0: did team. you call us brothers? What is that about? Were you guy? Hey, brother. brother.
1: hey, brothers. All right. Listen, this movie's Does great. This. Um, I know Brian has his feelings about it. I, I found it incredibly moving, incredibly novelistic, uh, so delicate. Jane Campion is really a master of of exploring women's inner lives. And it's so fascinating to see her. Uh, delve into masculinity um, from the perspective of of many, many men in this film, uh, as well as Kirsten Dunst, who is is not really the subject of this movie. Um, She's very much a supporting player. Uh, I love Benedict Cumberbatch, who plays a very, very complex man, uh, a complex cowboy, so to speak, in Montana in the 1920s and his relationship with his brother, who he's very codependent with and yet also really bullying Um, his brother marries Kirsten Dunst, who is a a lonely widow. He bullies uh, not just his brother, but his, his uh, new brother's stepson uh, played by Cody Smith McPhee, who's I guess like an effeminate type of character and you really feel the tension throughout the whole movie of what's going to happen. Uh, someone going to hurt someone else. Is somebody going to sexually assault somebody else? I mean, it's just an incredibly itchy movie. And it ends in a way that I would say is very unexpected. Um, but I love the the visceral nature of the film. Um, it's use of, of blood and gloves and uh, sexuality. It's just... Really fascinating. Um, I was addicted to every moment on screen, and I'm so glad I saw it in the theaters, and you can see it on Netflix.
3: Well,
0: oh, damn you.
3: Beat you, bitch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy. All right. Power of the dog. Robin Barr, you have two films that are in my bottom five in your top ten. That is incredible.
1: And same for you, card counters.
0: That's <laughs> only one film.
1: Um, you also had like um... <laughs> Like old. I mean I didn't just like old. I actually kinda liked it. But you know, also like mm, mm, pharmaceuticals.
0: Okay.
2: It's pharmaceuticals. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> that's that's what that movie's all about. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh it's like a it's like a playoff of the pharma bro, you know, Martin Screlly. It's, you know, we all know that pharmaceutical people are evil. Actually I saw that was another one that I was gonna say was like, oh, if I'm gonna go for mini series, maybe I'll make dope sick or um
1: oh god you're so
3: brutal
0: not not actually dope sick wasn't that good what i was going to do is i was going to say that crime of the century was a movie because it was a two part documentary thing on hbo max that i've actually watched 3 times i don't know why i guess i just love hearing about the opioid crisis
1: he loves the sacklers
0: yeah the sacklers you know what sucks is that um my favorite two galleries in dc are uh will had the sackler name on them i hope they don't anymore I don't know. I got to look that up anyway.
1: We'll see reckoning like- eventually.
0: So for the longest time, I was like the Sacklers, great people. They've got the peacock room and that for your Sackler gallery. And then I was like, why does everyone hate them? Oh, they're actually evil. Like this isn't even one of those things where it's like, I don't like them because they have money. You know, it's like, I don't like them because they are responsible for hundreds of thousands of deaths because of their abject lack of a soul. So yeah, I feel that anyway. Um, What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Pharmaceuticals. Martin Screlly. You know, there's a Hulu documentary that's on Martin Screlly. It's called, like, The Farmer Bro. And um, I was super excited to watch it. And I got 10 minutes into it and then fucking stopped because it sucked. So if anyone out there is like, oh, that looks good. It's not. Don't do it. My number one film of the year um i'm at the point where like i can't now i'm like almost worried that i'm gonna say it and you two are gonna be like that was two years ago what are you talking about because i find it odd that it hasn't come up at all and um i just feel like uh i would not have predicted that from the conversation that we had about it i would have thought it would come up at least a little bit uh my movie is the green knight nice okay yeah. all right <laughs> i wasn't sure what kind of reception Cumberg. i would get i 100 <laughs> wait what was that the cumrag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this movie has come in it. Um, a lot of the movies that we've talked about, I feel, have come in it. Um, at least in The Power of the Dog, the come is implied.
1: <laughs> I preferred
0: implied. You prefer implied come. So that's what knocked Green Knight out of your top 10 was the fact that you saw the come. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah, what, what Silence what else? of the Lambs. Yeah, Silence Great of the movie. Lambs has come in it. Um, I feel like uh, Happily maybe had some come in it. Um i don't know i don't it feels weird to be barb and star go to vista lamar had to have had come in it right i don't really remember how Gucci seems like it should have had come in it but anyway uh i've now burned a minute talking about which movies had come in them or not <laughs> we had a whole conversation on the green knight it was a great episode really quite enjoyed it i'm a fucking david lowry uh fan stan whatever we're calling ourselves now and I'm um, super excited about everything that he does. And this uh, movie was no different. Uh, Dev Patel is uh, goddamn amazing in it. Alicia Vikander is great in it. Everyone's great in it. What are we talking about? This movie's just all around fantastic. And I'm super excited that I got to go and see it in the theater. Uh, again, this is another movie that I got to see in the theater. I should have uh, I should have thought about that. How many movies in my top ten were theater watches? It was old There was Quiet Place Part 2, there was Dune, and there was Green Knight. So four. Four out of ten were theater watches. And God bless them. Thank God they existed. Thank God we got back to the theater. And uh, Green Knight was amazing. I bought it on Blu-ray. That's how I know that I liked it. Because I don't do that a lot anymore. But I did it for this one. So, uh, yeah. My number one of the year. The Green Knight. A movie of our time, for our time. And you all should go check it out. And no, I don't know what I meant by that.
1: (laughs) Gorgeous costumes
0: yes absolutely gorgeous costumes there's so much in that movie that is gorgeous and um again i'm shocked that it didn't come up for anyone else
2: it's up there for me but uh. but then
0: again you know you had to make room for in the heights <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: please luca boy
0: and Encanto. Oh.
2: <laughs> i did not yeah
0: that's why uh, i bill i realized that i didn't make fun of you so i had to add that in there yeah coda was in my uh honorable
2: mentions as well
0: yeah let's we can run through some of this crazy stuff i will say that i wish that i'd had a chance to see cyrano uh i wish that i'd had a chance to see uh the lost daughter and what was the other one what was the other one that you talked about red rocket probably could have been in there the rescue sounds super good didn't bother to see king richard don't feel like that's really one that i would go for but um,
1: it's good i think it's good
0: awesome um but yeah so were were there any movies that you all didn't get a chance to see that you wish that you had that you oh you know what else is a big one that uh i didn't get the chance to see that i would expect that i would have put on if i had is the french dispatch oh (laughs) yeah and i know that's That's been divisive honorable in its way definitely my
1: bottom five
0: yeah i I really enjoyed it yeah as for me i just you know i fucking love wes anderson yeah, but who has the time? It. I don't know. There's, there, it's been a weird year in terms of like what I've decided to watch for pleasure, and there was just no point at which I was like, "Yeah, give me that dispatch."
1: It's lesser Wes Anderson, in my opinion.
0: It's less Wes.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so let's do our let's do our what's we call it's what's our what are what do we call these the honorable mentions? I'll go first. Number eleven was Benedetta, which we'd already said uh val was my number 12 um i can't remember bill the wanting mayor did that is that technically a 2021
1: mayor of easttown
0: no the want oh, the, the wanting, wanting mayor the the weird indie and, that we saw that was like all on blue uh, screen i don't remember that well anyway it's I on mean, this I, mean, list. I mean i don't remember when when it came yeah, out yeah i don't because it, yeah. it was a festival 2020 thing. So it says 2020, but I don't know like when it got its release. And I feel like we talked about it this year, and so I decided to put it on this year. The um, Wanding Mare is super weird, super interesting, and I think yeah, check it, it out. Yeah, it got released on February 5th. Okay, so yeah, I'll claim it. my um, number 14 was hilariously Army of the Dead. I don't know why, uh, but Lance Reddick standing in front of me with a gun, that's where it shook out. And then my number 15 okay. wow. was The Tragedy of Macbeth. Hmm a movie that I was not super into when we talked about it last week or two weeks ago. So you can only imagine how I felt about literally every other movie this year. All right, Bill Graham, what about you? What are your honorable mentions?
2: I I didn't make a a list, um, but I will quickly run through Coda. Um, I will mention um, Coda. (laughs) Coda. (laughs) <laughs> uh what oh uh <laughs> I really enjoyed, um, the French, best, French dispatch. Oh, okay. Um, as well. Um, I can't remember what else. There, there were some others that I mentioned were on my honorable mention, but yeah, I, I didn't really feel like putting together one because I also missed so many things. I have a lot to catch up on still. Um, which is frustrating, but also just, you know, I'm sitting there. With Erica, and I'm like, do you want to watch a three-hour subtitled movie? And she's like, absolutely not. And I'm like, (laughs) okay. Uh, How about Love and Monsters? Which was also pretty delightful. Um, But Finch is another one that I want to get around to seeing because uh, I haven't seen a movie with uh, Tom Hanks in quite a while, and apparently it's pretty good. I also never saw uh, News of the World. Was that this year or last year? I think that was
0: two years ago, wasn't it? I think it was last year. I don't know. Robin, you want to look that up?
1: <laughs> that was definitely last year.
0: Okay. Interesting. Yeah. No, I Man, I people I never are saw like really
1: losing it in this pandemic world.
0: News of the world, it says is 2020.
1: Yeah. It is, it's 2020. Year. That's not last, last
0: year. year's last year's run.
1: Last year is in like doesn't count for
2: 2021. Okay. Correct. <laughs> All right. Because we keep saying last year when we're talking about this, this slate of films or came out this year. I keep year.
0: saying this year.
2: <laughs> yeah. Which is not this year. It's 2020. Fiscally, bro.
0: it's still not this year. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, when we're talking about the movies and stuff, I feel like you got to keep saying this year because it's still this year. I don't know. This is why the, Correct. they should do which is the, why Oscars, like they said, in December. Last year. Anyway, so News of the World is 2020, which was two years ago. It was and not all eligible. these movies for that
2: we're talking about were l- one year ago.
0: Or possibly only a couple of days ago, as is the <laughs> case with Polystyrene. <laughs> I am a cliche. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, News of the World came out. I did not see that. I heard it was good. Fun, fun, fun. Uh, I'd f- completely forgotten that a movie called Finch existed. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um. All right, Robin Bar. Oh, he's your- got, he
2: he had another one, didn't he? He had like that Greyhound movie. Yeah, or whatever Greyhound. the Fuck.
0: Yeah. Jesus Tom Hanks is like evaporating into into what? Where could you even see Finch? Was it another Apple TV one? It was. It was indeed. Know, so maybe that's it. Maybe he's just got his Apple TV thing going on, and he's.
2: Hey man, between Ted Lasso and uh, the Foundation or Foundation, man, I'm I, I actually enjoy uh, paying for Apple TV.
0: So Finch was directed by Nigel Sapachnik, who has made a name for himself directing a lot of really great episodes of television. On HBO. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. No, he's a he's a great Game of Thrones director.
0: Yeah, he did an episode of True Detective, Game of Thrones, House. Apparently, interesting. Oh, he did Repo Men? The Repo Men with uh with a uh, Jude Law and Oh, Whitaker. He, That's him? Apparently. Wow. Yeah. I didn't, I actually enjoyed that movie. This guy. That's a that's a fun movie. I feel like it could have been better, obviously, but uh it was still a good time. Anyway, Robin Bar, what are your honorable mentions? <laughs> honorable
1: mentions. Um I really so my The eleven and ten obviously were uh a little controversial. I eventually went with Barb and Star just because it really uh, held held on to me um, after seeing it, you know, early in the year. But I really love the movie Bad Trip, uh, which is a oh, yeah a prank comedy. I guess is the best way of putting it. is actually is very very funny. It's a it's on Netflix and it's a parody of romantic comedies. It's an Eric Andre film, and it if you look at it as a way of Critiquing or subverting rom-coms, uh, it's really brilliant. And Tiffany Haddish is in it, and she's hilarious. It's one of her favorite, her one of her best performances, in my opinion. And the movie, uh as, as I mentioned, it's a prank comedy, and so it's being filmed, and the characters are performing in public, but most people don't realize that they're in a movie, <laughs> um, so <laughs> they're doing all these like wild things, and you see the reactions of real people and it's is just uh it's so beautifully done so funny and it really goes to show that a lot of the behavior in rom-coms uh is insane completely insane um nobody should act like that in real life so i really enjoyed that movie whoops i also loved uh what
0: i said whoops well that's how my life went wrong
1: (laughs) yeah no kidding no (laughs) no big gestures none of that that's grand gestures love bombing out no, none of
3: that
0: oh my god uh love
1: falling love in love too. with people within two seconds no 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 don't do that um what else Love, do love? bombing love is the- one of
0: those terms that's definitely like escaped the clinical setting where it should have been and now people are just like using it wrong all over the place
1: i don't i'm not using it wrong no,
0: no you're, you're not, not. No, no, no that is correct
1: thank you <laughs> <laughs> um what else oh i love the velvet underground that's um uh oh my god what is his name oh my god i always forget his name Todd. Documentary. yes it's a documentary on the velvet underground <laughs> which and again i love i love punkumentaries it's beautifully edited uh really a really unique and kinesthetic style of filmmaking which is which is really wonderful um i, I loved come on come on parallel mothers the pedro almodovar movie um the tragedy of Macbeth, and encanto and, and coda so these are all just like high up there for me and West Side Story.
0: Pring. Uh otherwise, Otherwise, uh, let's tell uh, the fine people at home where we could be found between now and the next time. And let me also remind people that we were brought to them by MUBI. MUBI.com slash Film Stage for your free 30-day trial subscription to Mubi, MUBI.com slash Film Stage. And you can go to Patreon.com slash The Film Stage Show uh, to become part of our Patreon team to get on our Slack channel. And uh, again, if you would like to see what our listeners... And patrons, Thought of the Year in Movies, go to our website where you can see the top ten list that they created. Okay, that's it. Let's tell the people at home where you can be found between now and the next time that we scream incoherently into their ears after we watch the Bengals take on the ROMs. Bill Graham, where can people find you online?
2: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at cablebfg. I do not tweet very much. Also, the iPhone app is fucking atrocious. So it keeps oh, really? logging me out.
3: Oh, yeah, keeps never logging to me. me out,
2: and I can't get it to stay logged in. So every time I fucking click on any link and it's Twitter, it's just like, nah, eh, you're logged out. And I'm like, I'm not fucking logging in again, you asshole. So I'm just uh. Uh, silently protesting twitter because i'm not on twitter um but i am
0: good thing on you spend instagram. so much time plugging it then
2: yeah i am on instagram at billstagram um where i post puppy pictures and all sorts of different memes and all sorts of fun stuff um and i am also on our slack channel always mixing it up all right
0: robin Barr.
1: Uh, You can find me on Twitter at R-O-B-Y-N-B-A-H-R. I will be tweeting a hell of a lot about the Oscars over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm very excited for the Christmas of my life, which is (laughs) Oscar nomination day. When I was living in L.A., I used to wake up at 5.30 in the morning. It was so beautiful.
0: that is literally uh, earlier than my daughter got up for christmas day
1: <laughs> <laughs> just too exciting how to watch live that's, that's how i still feel i don't
0: understand you at all
1: um you can also sometimes find my my writing at the hollywood reporter um and uh you can find me on letterboxd it's all under my name r-o-b-y-n-b-a-h-r
0: Uh, yes I can also be found on Letterboxd so go there to see my entire top 10 of the year list which is actually a ranking of every movie that I saw in 2021 Um, it's abysmal and it's a list of hatred and depression Um, you can also find me on Twitter where I actually do tweet especially my Wordle scores at Brian J. Rowan, Instagram at Brian J. Rowan everywhere at Brian J. Rowan Um, except for TikTok you'll never find me and uh, you can find all my writing, including the review that I wrote of Oxygen, which was one of my top ten films, over at thefilmstage.com, where you can also find every damn episode of this motherfucking podcast. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us, and tune in next time.